Hi, everybody. It's the Always Loyal Podcast. I'm Darren Smith. Jordan Carruth, what's coming up this week? Hi, Darren Smith. We're going to chat it up with Evan Conway. San Diego Loyal have scored 21 goals this season. It's the most in the league, and a big reason why is Evan Conway. He's part of the reason. He's been very, very good this year. We'll ask him about his dance moves. We'll ask him about arguably the biggest goals of the year, his goals in Phoenix, in Tampa Bay, and the club's first ever Open Cup goal when he scored against Albion. A lot to get to with Evan Conway. Colorado Springs, who's high up in the standings. Ooh. Coming in late there. Run continues. And it's scored! Colin Martin. No. Evan Conway. And Tampa Bay is spent. All right, welcome to May, everybody. It is the May edition of the Always Loyal podcast. Coming up, Evan Conway, as you just heard there. Jordan, what a win in Tampa, I will say, having a couple of away victories against Phoenix, against Tampa. I think we all fall into the same habit, do we not? Where we look at a schedule ahead of season and you go, well, I think I'd probably settle for a draw there. I think I'd probably settle for a draw. That's probably going to be a loss. Little do we know that Loyal gets to go in the Phoenix a couple of weeks back come home with an exciting victory and then another exciting victory capped off a game winning goal 88th minute Evan Conway who will join us in segment two of this podcast those are I don't know how everybody else looked at the schedule when the season began I don't know that I looked at that at six points in Phoenix or Carson or excuse me wherever they are Chandler Chandler, beautiful Chandler or in St. Petersburg but that's the way it shook out and good for loyal they'll have to do that I think five of or four of their next five outside of Torero Stadium as well. I call it beautiful Chandler. I should call it Sandy Chandler. It's very sandy. Of the like the headlining matches to start the year, I, I think a headliner would be at Phoenix. I think a headliner would be at home against Louisville. And then I think a headliner would be at Tampa Bay. I think those would be some easy games to circle, like you said before the season. The Louisville one is just tough for me to even take a lot from you know like it wasn't a normal starting 11 clearly preparation was being focused for la galaxy there and quite honestly like i would trade a home loss to louisville if that meant i got six points at phoenix and at tampa bay so like from the headlining matches this isn't like just one of those starts where you're playing like bad teams and you're just collecting wins this is uh you're collecting wins on the road at some pretty impressive places against teams that are expected to be playing for a very long time and potentially winning it all so i think san diego is going to be clearly very happy with their result in tampa bay and what a win it was like you can tell how much it means to the team we're going to chat it up with evan conway when he scores the game-winning goal in tampa bay i mean you just got to watch the celebration and how the team just came together in that moment that you could see how much it means to him already Well, I'll tell you this, if I'm being honest as well, I was watching this match at home and away, found myself up in Old Town on Saturday afternoon when Loyal equalizes in the 75th minute, a brilliant assist from Kyle Vassell to Jack Blake. I'm thinking to myself, this is good. This is good. This is a point. This is a point away. A little bit of a layoff coming out of the disappointment of the Open Cup. This is good, right? This is good to come home with a point against the two-time defending Eastern Conference champs. And then Conway goes in full steam ahead. Another great assist on a setup from Toomey. Puts it home past the keeper. Like, oh, this is better. Like, this is way better. And, you know, something about this league that I think stands out. And I'll always remember you and I worked with the longtime voice of the LA Galaxy, Joe Totino. 
And we were talking to him once about what it was like being around Steven Gerrard. Remember this conversation? Yep. One of the things I'll he said always is, remember this. Steven Gerrard's like, he was so overwhelmed with, what do you mean you travel around this huge country and play in all these different climates? Like, hey, we don't do this sort of stuff. Or Why are we just... leaving California? Why am I in Texas? <laughs> I'm in Texas. I'm sweating through my uniform. It's this hot. is terrible. <laughs> it's hot. It's humid here. And then the one this week I'm up Liverpool. I'm, I'm in the mountains the next week. This is awful. Like, this is Steven Gerrard, one of the best players who's ever played. And he had a real tough time adjusting to life as an MLS player because they did so much travel. Now, I'm not even exaggerating that conversation. No, no. And I don't even think Joe would be mad that we were recapping this on this podcast. But like he recapped that story that Gerard was overwhelmed by travel. Now, you'll put a bunch of USL championship players on a bunch of commercial flights where there's connections, you know, direct flight to have of these places that you're going. You've never played. You never won in the Eastern time zone before. So that's a first for San Diego Loyal. We're still dealing in firsts for this club in season number three. But you're, you know, you've played in Phoenix, you've played in Tulsa, you, you've played in Oakland on a terrible turf. You've had to go down to Tampa where it's humid and it's hot and it sounds like it was tough for players even to breathe after a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a league layoff. So, you know, to me, that's also part of it as well. That is really very much a part of it that this is a really, really big country with clubs that are spread out from all these different corners, wherever you have to go. We're out of the the mode that it was the last couple of years where everything primarily was out there on the West Coast. Like, you're out of that mode. So in addition to having to go and play Tampa Bay Rowdies, you're going to a place you've never been before. And, oh, by the way, you got to do all this traveling. you got to play in climate conditions that are, are not exactly what it is that you're, you can prepare for. You cannot pray, prepare for climate. So, you know, I think all this gets factored in and it makes it feel even sweeter, the victory that was this past weekend. An 88th minute winner in Tampa Bay. It's another impressive win. And these are the moments that Darren and I are kind of referencing. And we've been saying it um, just in a different way, basically, every single week. I think the ways we have said this is this team is built different. This team is athletic. This team is bigger. This team is stronger. Like we can say it a bunch of different ways. The moment that we saw in Tampa Bay is the moment that we've seen a couple times already this season. And those are the moments why we think that this team is playing at a different level than any other team we've seen so far. This team is built different. And this is one of the examples why. Like this is just the latest latest example to be honest with you um finding a way to win on the road in tampa bay scoring late having a player like evan conway available to finish the way he did beat that goalie near side there huh mm -hmm. um i was at stone up in escondido with the watch party the official watch party for san diego loyal and it was we had a ton of fun they threw us out i didn't know exactly where they were going to set us up because that place is huge and there's also this massive garden in the back that if you've been there you know exactly what i'm talking about and that's exactly where they put us they put out a huge screen they set up this private bar and private seating for us and it was a really cool setup and what better match to watch than that one right there you get to celebrate an 88th minute winner so uh it was a ton of fun clearly the team celebrated a bunch and what better person to chat with on the podcast today, Darren, than the person who scored that winner in Tampa Bay, uh, Evan Conway. Evan Conway, who scored his first goal for San Diego Loyal a few weeks back against Phoenix Rising, one of the victories we just said there, back March 26th. So that was, that was one where we learned a little bit about Evan Conway. Somebody who works with the club told me that he has, and I quote, a little bit of swag, a little bit of Midwest swag to him, but we remember him celebrating his first goal with a little bit of a shimmy, a little bit of a dance. So 
of course, we'll have to talk about that because I remember that moment. So do lots of others as well. The league tweeted that clip out. Mm. So he made a little bit of league-wide news recognition there for Evan Conway, who we'll talk to coming up next. Yeah, also uh, from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Can you name any famous people from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin? Of course I can. Evan Conway? Evan Conway. That's what I got. (laughs) Who else do I need to know? Um, I'll give you two names. Let's start with a baseball name. Craig Council was actually born there. Now the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. Which is, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for him. And how about this name? Ed Hockley. Oh, really? Born He's in, around San Diego. He works out at a local gym here. Born in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Same as Evan Conway, who joins the Always Loyal podcast next. I'm so proud of our guys. Um, this is a really, really good team. Really good team talent. And to go down the goal after starting well, the way they responded at halftime in the locker room, guys coming off the bench making plays, guys grinding through 90 minutes. So proud of them. Really so proud of them. It's like, yeah, the first two years of this club, we wouldn't have won games like this. At the very best, we get a point out of it. The very best. And our guys just kept going. They believe they can win the game. They really believe. I think they deserve to win the game. And uh, I am so proud of this group. It was a big time. Let's talk to the uh, the man who scored the winner in Tampa Bay. When I was watching that match, I was watching from Stone uh, up in Escondido. That stadium, Evan, you tell us you were there, you were on the field. It seems like a pretty cool stadium. It seemed like a pretty fun atmosphere. Yeah. 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 It's actually a beautiful stadium. And and the way that the camera's positioned doesn't show the best part, which is actually the open side on the, on the side that the camera is and it's open right on the bay. You can see all the boats and, and it's really beautiful. They did a good job. I think it's an old baseball stadium um, that's been fully converted so it's kind of got like that type of stands around it and then like the opening to the water. So it was really cool for me to see my first time there, my first time in uh, St. Petersburg and, and loved it. I was thinking about that. You're going to all these stadiums for pretty much the first time. At least I'm assuming that you're going like when you guys played at Phoenix, I think that's probably the first time you've played there at Phoenix. Same with Tampa Bay. You score a lot of goals on the road. What is it about the road and, uh, and you and scoring goals? How is that coming together? Yeah, I don't know. I like to think it's about the team camaraderie. You know, we get all the guys together for a couple days and I'm feeling good and gelling with everyone. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the hype of the new stadiums and just the excitement. Now, the cameras cut away in Tampa, so we didn't get a chance to see if there was some sort of goal celebration afterwards, Evan. But I do remember the one when you and the phrasing, I believe, that we use in this sport opened your account with San Diego Loyal. There was a little bit of a shimmy and a little bit of a dance afterwards, starting with Tampa. Was there one and the camera cut away from it? What, what, what happened after the goal here? That was a game winner in the 88th minute. Yeah, see, the issue with scoring a game winning goal is that it's so exciting that I just I just blacked out, you know? There's, there's no time to be doing dance moves and stuff. That was the last two minutes of the game, so there's nothing to do but run straight over to the subs and straight over to the bench and celebrate with the team. Okay, all right. Then take us back to Phoenix, then, when you bag your first. Give us a little insight into what we were watching because the camera didn't pan away from you that night. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 my little Dougie that, that I like to pull out once in a while. Uh, I'm, I'm a big dancer, love to dance. So hopefully I'll, 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 uh, I try to mix it up. So I don't want to do the same dance move every time. So hopefully I'll, I'll add some new dance moves to the arsenal and, and, uh, and throw them in after the goals. I actually wrote down questions about dancing. I'm so glad Darren took us down this road. Where did you learn to dance, Evan? 
I mean, in my in my room, looking in my mirror, dancing by myself. That's that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the uh, now? You're not the only player to dance after goals. We've seen yeah. Alejandro Guido. He's not the only one either. Who's the best dancer on the team? Best dancer on the team. I, I have to give. Uh, he's not a, he's not a big dancer, but he's a great dancer. My roommate Elijah Martin. He's got moves, and he kind of he doesn't like to show them off too much, but but occasionally we get treated to to some Elijah Martin dance moves. What sort of feedback did you get from that one in particular when you scored for the first time for Loyal and Phoenix? Yeah, it's a it's always a mix of uh, responses. Sometimes my friends from home are a little like, "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> why are you out there dancing on the field?" But I I think for the most part, the reception I get is positive. And they're like, yeah, like hit a little dance move after you score. We love to see it, you know? How about teammates? Teammates loved it. You know, it's always like teammates love celebrating. And and usually the the celebrations tie in more with like, like the teammates get it. Sometimes the, the, the audience doesn't necessarily understand like the inside joke that it is a little bit. Uh, Cause I know it's not the best looking dance move, but, but it's, uh, it's part of it. It's part of the game. You celebrate, you score, you're happy. Everyone, everyone loves it. What is the move that Elijah Martin will occasionally throw out there he's as a tease? Ball. He's got, he's got the move I did unlocked. It's that's easy for him. <laughs> he's just, he's just a, a step up. How is Elijah Martin as a roommate? He seems like he'd be a pretty fun roommate to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great roommate. I'm also uh, Nico Boxall's roommate, so we have a little uh, three-bedroom, and, and it's great. We just had our little cleaning day today. Um, so so I, I like to think we're a productive trio. Do you guys have specific chores or specific duties and responsibilities, or is it just, hey, one for all, all for one in there? Yeah, yeah. Basically, we'll, we'll come home after training sometimes, and we'll be like, all right, it's a, it's a clean day. So we're a little dirty in here, guys. We're going to do a clean day. <laughs> we put some music on. Um, and, and we all, we, we clean together as a team. Um, I'm curious when you decided to come to San Diego, I'm sure all of this was part of the reason why you wanted to come to San Diego, the teammates, the coaching staff, uh, the team is off to a great start. I don't know. If, I don't think you're surprised by that. Um, take us back to that moment that you decided, like when you, when you knew for the first time that you were going to go play for San Diego loyal, uh, why did you choose San Diego and how did that process play out? Yeah, so I'd actually been talking with the uh, with the staff for a while, um, and it just didn't really work out. Um, after my first year, it was a little complicated. So I kind of had my eyes set on San Diego throughout like my my second league one season, um, and then it was kind of the pressure to like just like go out there do your thing, uh, keep scoring goals, and then I got injured, which was tough. So I was out like half the season, and I was a little worried I was like these guys have been great to me and now I'm injured for half the season but luckily I, I came back and had a good second half of the season um and then once we got to the off season, it was pretty quick um signing the contract because I I knew that's that's what I wanted there were a couple other teams that that popped up but but because the interest had gone back uh so far I felt like that, that's where I want to go that's where they want me so that's where I'm going to go and uh, obviously the 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 move from Nebraska to San Diego wasn't wasn't the worst image in my mind, so I was definitely excited about that as well. Working with Landon is uh, is something I was really looking forward to, and all the staff and and all the players have been great so far. So I, I'm 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 happy with my decision. And like you said, we're off to a great start. 
and I think we have a, a lot of talent this year. So hoping we can we can keep it together uh, the whole season and uh, and get a nice gel going and and have a great season. Who are the other teams who try to steal you away from San Diego, Evan? I don't know. Am I supposed to say that? Is that I don't is know. That is a... that against rules? I'm just curious. Well, like only if it's like Phoenix and Orange County, then we can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> rub their noses Phoenix in go it after you to Orange County. You made yeah. the right choice. Is all that matters. Not, not Phoenix or OC. That's 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 all okay. I'll say about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to continue with this as well because I think it's really interesting to to look at your career and see that you played at three different levels, right? Like you've played at the USL League Two, League One, for a couple of seasons, and now here you are at the Championship level. How would you describe the difference? You know, and 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 maybe that's that's open ended. Maybe that's just on the pitch. Maybe that's lifestyle. Maybe that's travel. I don't know. How would you just describe the different levels of of you know the soccer pyramid here in the U.S. since you over the last four years have been at three different levels? Sure, sure. So uh, I'll say about USL two. That's kind of what got me interested in being a pro. It's not necessarily like. Uh, it's it's close to a professional like environment in depending on the organization um but i was playing in my little like bubble in wisconsin and i hadn't really gotten out much and then uh i came to ventura and played there and a lot of those guys you know as you guys know are are trying to go into the or make the move into professional um so that was they were very encouraging and good influences on me um so USL two is, is kind of where it all started. Um, USL one, I would say is, is a, is a decent jump up from USL two, just because there's so much like USL two, um, there's college players that come for a, a, a month or something or guys that are in and out of training. So it's a little disorganized in USL two as it has to be because it's not professional. So once you get into USL one, that was really where you're like, fully immersed in a professional environment playing every day you're there for nine months not just the summer that's that's a huge difference uh team wise and tactic tactics wise um and then the 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 jump up to championship has been great so far like you guys were were kind of touching on the the, the travel just like the the little things like that 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 are just smoother and um and the fan bases and the stadiums, just kind of the whole atmosphere that is created around the games, um, is handled in a in a little better way. And then, and then level wise, obviously you the 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 top players that that are in championship are 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 quality players. And um, and that's you don't see that as much in in League One. Like every 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 team's got someone who can who can really hurt you if you if you give them a little space. Um, and that's like tactically and, and, and personally uh, been a been a big change. And I feel like everyone's like bigger, you know, bigger, faster. As you go up in levels, they're going to be bigger and faster and tougher defenders. And so all that. So it's it's been an adjustment. Um, but all you can do is is kind of go into going to training every day and, and going to the games and and try to try to adjust and, and get better, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and it sounds like I said, I think this is important too, and in, in just for the sport as a whole, not just for yourself and for your, you know, your own trajectory, Evan, I just think somebody rising through the ranks from one league to the next to the next, because oftentimes, you know, you hear it even from MLS, like they don't want to, you know, admit that, that, you know, there's really good options down there at lower level soccer in the United States. And I think, you know, as you move up through the system, as you now start to find success here, 
you know, I think it's like an inspiring story for a lot of people who might've slipped through the cracks for one reason or another. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some good stories. Um, Matt Turner, I think is a good one. I, I, I believe he played at Richmond kickers. Do you guys know? That's yeah. I mean, it sounds right now with, with Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. Uh, obviously not American, but, but Jamie Vardy's thing is awesome. I love that one, but it's, it's tough in the U S a lot of guys aren't pros till they're 22 and 22 is late in it in international, like in an international way of thinking, but, but in America, it's like, you're a rookie. It's your first year being experienced, experiencing a fully professional lifestyle, you know? Um, you grew up in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Who is the one that introduced you to soccer? Like, who's the one that introduced you? And then maybe who was the most influential during your progress growing up playing soccer? Um, okay, so do you guys know the Tell Us About Yourself that we do as a team? Yes, we've, we've heard some details about this. No, this is, that's funny because I just did my Tell Us About Yourself um, last week. And I, I touched on this. And it's kind of... Um, my best buddy when I was growing up, because I don't come from a soccer family. My, my dad played baseball and basketball. My older brother played baseball. So it wasn't really on our radar. Um, and from a young age, uh, my buddy and, and his family started to be like, hey, you should, you should get him into a club. Like I was, I was playing rec when I was, you know, normal rec age, six, seven. And then you reach stage of eight, and it's kind of like, are you going to go into club? Or are you going to keep playing rec? And that that family the, the schmids were kind of like pushed me like hey you guys should you guys should uh put him into a club and 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 take it from there and just see how we go how we uh how he does with that so i'm very grateful for them i i hope they watch this or, or uh, listen to this because um that was a, that was a big part of the a big reason why i'm here you know and when do we get to meet the uh, the Conway contingent from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin? When will they be making their trek out to San Diego, California? The family or yeah, the anybody, you know, whoever's going to be in your corner. So I've seen um, a couple people. The the problem is it's 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 not close. Uh, <laughs> but I have seen my mom. My mom was actually in Tampa uh, also, so she got to be there for that um that moment which is really special anytime someone comes to your game especially like my mom and gets to see a big moment like that uh it, it means a lot you know so i try to convince everyone to come here come to san diego come to san diego not easier to do in the winter mm. obviously good <laughs> yes I, I i'm sure on that one you mentioned playing for landon donovan um you one of your teammates told me recently if you didn't know who landon donovan was you'd never know playing for him that he had this amazing career one of the best careers for any american player in the history of soccer in this country yeah what is it like for you especially the position you play you know you're a guy that comes in with the player of the year status and 13 goal scores what's it been like for you playing for landon yeah so i would agree with that statement he he's not like he doesn't have a big head or anything like that but where where you do realize that he has all these accolades and, and it's so accomplished is when he sits down and talks to you a little bit, pulls you aside and, or is giving a team talk. And he's like, I've been this and this and this, like I've been through it all as a, as a player. And it's just kind of, it, it helps um, when he's giving you a message like that, because you know that he has been, he's played at all these levels. 
he and just has so much experience that it's like, oh yeah, I mean, he does know. <laughs> you can't you can't really not uh, not take that to heart a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the relationship you mentioned that it goes back a few years when he first reached out, like what were those conversations like? Cause he, I don't know, you made it sound like you almost felt like you were doing an audition last year in Omaha to kind of prove yourself here in San Diego. Like what was that like having however many conversations you had with the staff? Like what, what'd you guys chat about? Yeah. So I don't, I didn't directly talk to them uh, until I remember the first time I got a text from Landon was when I was on my way to get uh, surgery on my sports hernia. Um, and I was like, wow, like that's, that's pretty cool. He, he took some time out of his day and, and texted me and, and that made me feel a lot better about the injury. But, um, but yeah, I didn't really directly talk to them. It was, it was all through agents, but from my agent that he, they were just saying like being positive and doing a good job, keep it up, stuff like that. Um, but yeah. If you weren't a professional soccer player right now, what do you think you would be doing? Okay, this was also part of my, tell us about yourself. Um, I have a finance degree. Uh, so before I left for to play USL2, I was uh, looking for jobs in commercial real estate and uh, to be a credit analyst. So my life has changed dramatically since. <laughs> uh, I would say this, and Jordan and I have prepared for this interview separately. So right before we were getting set to do this, you know, I do my random searches and you are uh, the first athlete I think I've ever interviewed that when I do a search for you, a LinkedIn page pops up. I've never had that happen to me before that you have a LinkedIn page that I went and saw and your whole CV is there and, and everything that you've done, not only soccer wise, but otherwise is sitting there right there. So good for you. I don't say that to, to uh, embarrass you. Like, I think that's great. That is so unique. I've never had that experience before. My mother would be so happy that you guys are saying that right now because she was all over me when I was in that interview process. She was like, you got to get a LinkedIn. I was like, okay, I got to get my connections up, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I'm just playing soccer. So I figured I'd just keep my LinkedIn updated with what I'm doing. I love it. It's fantastic. And then last thing I have, because you played Union Omaha, obviously during the Open Cup, you guys had the experience playing up at Galaxy. They took down Chicago Fire. I wonder if you had a chance to, to check in with former teammates. And I'm sure being a Wisconsinite, perhaps there's a little bit of a natural rivalry from people in Chicago and in Illinois. Yep. So uh, how, how happy were you for former teammates and, and for your former club that they took down one of the MLS giants? Yeah, that's awesome. And, and uh, there's been so much turnover there. You know, that's almost a brand new team apart from, uh, from a couple guys. Uh, so it's really good to see that that they're taking that in stride and and they got a huge win for the club um and it's something you just you kind of love to see it you know even if i wasn't uh playing at omaha last year and i saw that a league one team took down mls like it's cool that's what open cup's about that's exactly right uh evan we, we really appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us san diego off to a great start obviously scoring goals getting points and some pretty notable wins on the road already 21 goals this season it's the most in the league and you are a major part of that congratulations on the start and uh, to continued success the rest of the way thank you sir and, and uh thank you guys for having me i enjoyed it adams oh, box all boy well, how that clearance beautiful. all the way out the left side and nicely brought down by moon the wisconsin native Step oh. right. Oh, what a shot! Nick Boone shoots the moon and lands it. The eagle has landed for Moon, and it's 1-0. What a way to finish off that move, Nick Moon.
The second man ball played over the top, completely split the road. He's wide open, and Nick Moon did the rest. All right, Darren, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app. It's the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. All right, Jordan, Western Conference standings, Colorado Springs, Switchbacks Football Club, and San Antonio Football Club. Eight matches played per side, 21 points there on top of the Western Conference standings. Third place, San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Loyal's played nine. They have six wins, a couple of losses, and a draw. Eight, uh, 19 points. Their opponent this week is New Mexico United. If you want to go and watch San Diego Loyal away again at New Mexico United, feel free to go to Stone Brewing Liberty Station. New Mexico sits ninth on the table. They are below the playoff cut line. They have played six times only, so far and away, the fewest matches played in the Western Conference. They have a couple of wins. They have a couple of losses. They have a couple of draws. They have not won since back on March 19th. So hopefully the change of calendar, I'm sure for them, providing a little bit of inspiration as we get going here in the month of May. But a couple of draws and a couple of losses, most recently for New Mexico United, but it is Colorado Springs, San Antonio, Loyal, Phoenix, Vegas hanging in there, Galaxy, which just took down Phoenix just this past weekend in Sacramento, one through seven in the Western Conference. Hmm. All right. So when do we play Colorado Springs? This team that's been top of the table in the West, this what feels like the entire season. Um, they actually come to Torero Stadium here in a couple of weeks. That's going to be May 14th. Next time to be out at Torero. I have a bunch of friends coming to this game. So that's going to be a lot of fun. May 14th against Colorado, which will be a great matchup. Seven wins. One loss for Colorado Springs. And this is a team that San Diego Loyal made a trade with in the preseason. Thomas Among is here because of that trade. Um, if you're looking at the month of May for San Diego, things start to ease up. And I don't mean that based on the talent of the teams that we're playing. I mean that that we're not playing like nine matches in nine days or whatever <laughs> the stretch was that we had to start. Like we get four matches this month. That's good. That's reasonable. That's progress. Um, at New Mexico, the thing is we're traveling a lot. Yeah. Um, at Albuquerque, home to Colorado Springs, at RGV, at LA. That's the month. Um, Colorado Springs first place. But if you're looking at the other teams, uh, in order ninth, eighth, and seventh place on the table. So now those are your road matches. So it's never easy on the road. But those are the clubs that are off to a little bit of a slower start. No, never easy Colorado. at all, like you said. But a couple of wins in some places you might not have expected it. Now away at New Mexico, back home, Colorado Springs. And that's the only time you get to see San Diego Loyal here until June. They don't play again at home after the 14th, which is skipping ahead, obviously. They don't play back at home against June 11th when they welcome in Corey Herzog and Hartford Athletic. So four of the next five away. So I know that Loyal has reminded everybody that the only opportunity in May at Torero Stadium is against Colorado Springs. And oh, by the way, that is a club sitting top of the table right now, I think is even a little extra incentive to go out there and make sure that you clear the schedule for two Saturdays from now. But New Mexico United, a proper club, Jordan, I think we would agree. Mm -hmm. They brought in a lot of visiting fans, traveling fans. I thought that they're, uh, they've got great support. This for me is, is certainly one of the, the better clubs that we've seen at the USL championship level. So they need a win. Hadn't had one since March, so this is going to be another tough one. Anytime you go back-to-back, -back, and we just talked about it, 
going from Tampa and then coming back home and back away to New Mexico United. You know, these are different climates. These are different altitudes. So this will be another challenge coming up four o'clock this Saturday. Um, thoughts on Evan Conway. I didn't try to get him in trouble. I feel like I've done this a few times on the podcast already. It's, it's not my intention. I asked him what other teams have like reached out to him and try to sign him. I think he could talk about that. I don't think that's a big deal, but he, he didn't seem to be too comfortable with that. Um, and then also he made it very clear that Landon Donovan was not reaching out to him directly at his time with, uh, with Omaha. I just want to know why are you how, trying to get just, in trouble, ma'am. Why, just, why are you trying to expose the club for tampering? What are you doing? Here? I just wanted to ask about the beginning of the relationship is all I wanted to do. So that that's, he's a great person to chat with because he has really cool perspective because mm. he's played, like you said, Darren, you brought it up the right. It was the right approach. You played at league two, you played at league one. Here you are at the championship level. You have, you you've seen very different things and different clubs. And I thought he did a really good job of explaining the differences from league to league. I, I still remain blown away. You and I, for however many years working in local sports media, I can tell you, I have never, ever come across a player with a LinkedIn account in my entire life. But it, I think it shows you a little bit about his story. You know, as he was giving credit to his mom for making sure that he was buttoned down, right. ready to go, because who knows with this soccer thing, right? But, you know, that he's had some success, I think it speaks to, to him, to his story, that he's been able not only to, to create a couple of the pathways for himself as a human being, but also now to, to, you know, we talk about promotion and relegation all the time in this sport and that he as an individual has promoted himself from league two up into league one where he had incredible success. I remember when they signed him, you and I either said it on this podcast or a different podcast. Well, what do we know about a league one player and what that jump is going to be like into USL championship? 13 goals and player of the year at League One. What, what does that mean at championship? And so far, uh, he is he's obviously fit in. You know, he's tied for second and goals scored with just a couple so far. But, you know, behind Kyle Vassell, it's, it's really been fun to watch him play. And I know he's caught the attention of his coaches, so do you. And he's caught the attention of, of his teammates. So I think it's just been great to watch him. One of the many stories for a club, Jordan, as you keep saying it, it's just built differently. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, he's scoring goals on the road, scored at Phoenix, scored at Tampa. He also scored the very first open cup goal for San Diego loyal when San Diego played at Albion here in SD. So maybe one day he'll score at Torero stadium in front of the locals. Maybe that day will be against Colorado on May 14th. I don't know, uh, but good stuff from Evan Conway. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the always loyal podcast. And I will chat it up with you soon. All right. Welcome to May, everybody.